The question every day that I really wish wouldn't come back, each and every day that has become, for me, the hardest question that I have to deal with every day is the question, how are you? Anybody else been having trouble with that question lately? <laughs> Everybody? <laughs> Especially in the world we live in here in Minnesota where, you know, most of us aren't Jewish, and so you meet the grocery clerk who says, how are you? And who started crying when the woman starts just, what are you crying about? Why, why? They don't even understand. Question how are you has become incredibly difficult, and I still haven't come up with a good answer yet. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how incredibly hard it is. You know, I, I think I pride myself so much when bad things happen in this world, I, I consider myself an emergency worker. When COVID happened, I didn't stand in front of the congregation crying. I immediately went to work burying the dead, caring for our congregation, putting myself in danger. It didn't matter. In all of Israel's conflicts that we've gotten into the past, I've never been afraid to immediately get on the bima and say how, who we have to destroy, what we have to do. I didn't want to shed a tear, be emotional for a second, because I really didn't want to give those terrorists any more victories. Because, of course, that's what they want. They want us to sit in a corner and cry about it. And so I try to prevent their victory as much as possible. But this previous one, this, what's going on right now, October 7th, there was no stopping. As much as I tried that maybe this would be just like all the other conflicts, I would be able to storm through and be the kind of leader of the Jewish people that I want to be in this world, to be immediately asked the question, what's needed? How do I serve? How do I help? How do I lead? It was impossible. I spent days not being able to get out of bed. I would open my seat door, and usually the words would light up on the page, and they didn't light up anymore. I tried to wake up early in the morning and learn Torah my two, three hours of peace each morning when everything seems clear, and nothing seems clear. Every two minutes, two minutes I'd be studying the Talmud, and the next two minutes I'd be looking at the Times of Israel. Two minutes studying Talmud, two minutes looking at Times of Israel. I learned nothing that day. I try to go back to work, and I try to figure out those healing words I needed to give to the congregation, and they were impossible to find. I'm never without words. <laughs> I think you know that very well. But I didn't have any words. And I tried to do normal things. I tried to play with my child. I tried to make dinner, go to the grocery store. None of these things felt possible. None of these things felt the same. And I was so upset at myself. How can I be like this? I don't have time to grieve right now. I don't have time to be sad. The Jewish people need me right now. I need to be here. Maybe some of you have felt the same thing. Trying to go about your normal life, trying to be normal Jewish Minnesotans, going about our lives. Impossible. It's so, so difficult. And hopefully each and every one of you have started to find maybe a way to live life normally, to try to do our normal things that we need to do, to do the everyday mitzvot that God demands of us, 
to take care of our families, to take care of our communities, to love each other, to reach across the aisle, to care for each other. But I also understand that there's a part of you where that's impossible right now. And I just want to know that we are all together in that. I know each and every one of you have felt similarly over this time. We've been talking to you. We've been reaching out to you. And we know that we stand together in this place. Torah didn't light up my eyes, nor did it light up my heart, until I came upon a particularly strange midrash. A strange midrash about a dove, about a bird. There's a strange midrash in Midrash Rabban, our parsha this week, describing Abraham's journey to the journey of a dove, the midrash says. Why a dove? Well, the midrash says the dove does something strange. When the dove flies, their wings get tired. And when they get tired, instead of, well, resting, going down to sit on a rock or a tree like every other bird does to rest, the dove keeps flying. You might say, how do they keep flying if their wings are tired, if they're exhausted, if they're sick? And the Midrash goes and says that the dove uniquely folds one of their wings under their body and rests that wing and only flies with one wing. Only flies with one wing. And then eventually, hopefully, then they switch. Right? And then they fly with this other wing. Now, thinking about this for a second, if there are any biologists in the room, I don't even know if it's possible for this to happen. I don't, the rabbis weren't the greatest scientists, I'll tell you that, right from the beginning. So I don't know if this is factually true or not. But I'm imagining, I mean, Going, going to the pool and trying to tread water, right? Not an easy thing to do. It's pretty uh, tiring. Now I'll try treading water with one arm. Really tiring. You could do it, right? Maybe uh, Michael Phelps or whatever, you know, can do it for longer. But it's extremely tiring and it's extremely hard. And most of all, it's awkward. It's not a good way to tread water. It's not like you're treading water efficiently or you're going to swim every, anywhere very quickly if you only have one arm. That is the way the dove flies. Most importantly, though, it continues to fly forward, even though it is weakened, even though it's flying inefficiently, even though it hurts to fly, it continues to fly forward. Now, why? Why doesn't the dove rest? Why doesn't the dove just sit down for a while and stop going? Well, the reason is simple. If the dove stops flying, the dove is afraid it's going to forget where it's going, who it is, what its identity is at this moment. And so the dove continues to fly, continues to move forward because the dove knows it needs to move forward and it needs to keep walking. And so too, each and every one of us face this temptation right now. Life is difficult. Grief is massive right now. We're going to be recovering from this for a century, where we are right now. It's so difficult where we stand. And the greatest temptation in the world is to put everything down. The greatest temptation in the world is just to say, I can't anymore. The greatest temptation is to become paralyzed the greatest temptation is to check the news every two minutes and sit in worry and concern all day long. 
won't be able to fly that way. Maybe we think we're resting, not really, not recovering. God beckons us to service at each and every moment. God beckons us to do mitzvot where we stand. God beckons us where we stand to care for each other. God beckons us to love each other. God beckons us to go pray and to go put on tefillin and go care for each other and do justice, to care for our families, to go to work, to go do what we need to do in this world. There's no break. We still have to serve God at this moment. And so we need to find a way to keep going, even though we feel dark and even though we feel sad inside. And you might say to me, Rabbi, that's impossible. I've tried to do normal things lately. I've tried to go to the grocery store. I've tried to go to work. I try to focus on my family. I try to focus on doing good. I try to focus on whatever it is that I need to be doing, but it's impossible, Rabbi. It just doesn't feel the same. And I would say back to that person, and of course that person is myself too, the dove also, when it's flying with one wing, is also flying awkwardly, slowly, not getting to its destination, feeling like it's in pain, but yet the dove keeps going. The great temptation is we think once we try to do our obligations that all of a sudden it's going to feel like normal again. And we think that if it doesn't feel like normal when we do our obligations in this world, when we try to do good, when we try to do mitzvot in this world, that it's not worth doing. That you might as well not doing do it. But nothing will feel the same right now. Everything will feel different. And we as a Jewish people, each and every one of us individually and communally has to recognize that it's not going to be the same. That right now we're a dove flying with broken wing. One broken wing. And it's going to be hard to fly. It's going to be difficult and it's going to hurt every moment. But we will get where we're going and we will not stop being who we are. It breaks my heart every time I hear that someone won't put up a mezuzah. It breaks my heart every time that a Jew is afraid to go to synagogue. Right now, we must be doing the exact opposite to continue being Jewish, continue preserving our identity, and continue to live according to our values. We cannot let this grief, this anger, and this darkness take away our very identity and what we very much believe in. Chasing justice, doing good, loving each other, caring for each other. The great temptation right now is to declare that every, every non-Jew in this world doesn't care about us, doesn't think about us, doesn't support Israel enough. I get it. I feel it too. I've read countless articles about rabbis declaring that no non-Jew cares about us anymore. While literally the President of the United States went to Israel during war zone, and it's literally like a parade of the French Prime Minister, the German Chancellor, where every building around the world is lit up, including the Arch of Titus in Italy, in Rome, that was literally a monument for the destruction of Judea by Rome, was lit up in the Israeli flag. The temptation is to say, but everyone hates us, we're all alone. But there are people who support us. There are so many people who love us and care for us and are behind us. And we have to see those people. We have to see those people. <sighs> the temptation is to think that nobody likes us. 
But there are those people who care for us. Now, there are certainly those people who hate us, and they're more and they're rising every single day. That's real. But we cannot see humanity around us in one picture. We're not all we have. It's not true. We've made relationships here. We care about each other. And we need to continue to reach across the aisle to care for each other and to build a community here. Even though we're afraid, even though we're terrified, even though we're sad, we have to continue giving blood in our near blood drive that's coming up. Give blood, okay? Help other people. Give food to the food drive, okay? Help out in some way. Do chesed, do justice in this world. That's the best way to respond to this conflict right now, is to continue being a good person, according to care about other people, because we're fighting against people who don't care about anyone. Anyone except themselves. So my friends, let's fly right now. It's going to hurt, and it's going to look awkward. It's not going to feel the same. And, and there are going to be moments when you start crying for no reason. But you've got to keep flying, and you've got to keep supporting each other and holding each other. And we'll get through this together. We will. But never forget that we're dove flying with one wing right now. A bird flying with one wing. A bird that's flying, but a bird that does not feel the same. A bird that feels exhausted and tired, but a bird that must continue to fly on. Shabbat shalom, everybody.